Greetings. My name is Galen O'Dell. Alongside Blake Schmida. And welcome to the American Valor Podcast. On the American Valor Podcast, supported by the Bob Feller Act of Valor Award Foundation, our goal is to educate and inspire with acts of valor that embody the traits which National Baseball Hall of Famer and United States Navy Chief Petty Officer Bob Feller lived by. Citizenship, service above self, and commitment to country in a time of great national need. On today's episode, we are joined by Ken Falk, a Navy veteran and the founder and chairman of the Boulder Crest Foundation. Ken, welcome to the American Valor Podcast. Thank you both very much. Happy, happy to be here. So we know you've had a storied 21-year career as a Master Chief in the EOD community within the U.S. Navy, along with becoming a serial entrepreneur. Can you tell us what you are currently working on? Yeah, I'm focused right now primarily on my work that I do at Boulder Crest Foundation. I'm the board chairman, kind of acting CEO as well. Boulder Crest Foundation is a nonprofit organization that basically helps men and women who are struggling with the aftermath of war and first responders in our nation who have, you know, seen the worst that the streets have to offer here in the United States as well. We run two beautiful, we call them post-traumatic growth academies, one here in Bluemont, Virginia, where I live, and one out in Arizona. And then in addition, we run something called the Boulder Crest Institute for Post-Traumatic Growth, where we're actually doing more scientific research on the outcomes of post-traumatic growth and working with Capitol Hill to try to change the way the mental health system works and those types of things. So pretty busy today, but primarily focused on that work. Awesome. What made you decide to start Boulder Crest? So early in the war, uh, you guys mentioned it. I was a, a bomb disposal guy, EOD is a explosive ordnance disposal. I was a bomb disposal guy in the Navy. And when I retired from the Navy, I started a company that, that ended up being very successful. And, and early in that venture, the first wounded EOD troops were back here in Washington, D.C. hospitals from Afghanistan and Iraq. And my wife and I started a foundation called the Wounded EOD Warrior Foundation. In 2013, we merged the Wounded EOD Warrior Foundation with the EOD Scholarship Fund and dropped the word wounded. Today, it's known as the EOD Warrior Foundation. And through our work, basically, with severely wounded EOD troops and their families, we started bringing them out to our home, which I mentioned is about an hour west of Washington, D.C. And we had a big old 100-year-old farmhouse. We had a couple hundred acres of land. And I think the more we had these families in our house, the more it inspired us to do more. And by then we had sold my first company. You know, we had plenty of resources to do more work. And we decided to basically build these families that were in the hospital for very long periods of time, build them a home away from home so they could get away from the hospitals and come out to the mountains and take a deep breath from that hectic life they were living at the hospital. So we donated 37 acres of our land. We put up a couple million dollars, went out and raised $10 million and and built the nation's first privately funded retreat center in the United States. So uh, we're very proud of that status and that that work and 
and it just keeps growing. The work we're doing here at Boulder Crest today is scaling all around the nation now. So we're very excited about the initial concept and, and, and how it all came to life. Yeah, to circle back to your point on the retreats you guys have, to me, there's just something about nature that really makes you feel at peace with yourself. And from your perspective, do you feel a connection between healing and nature? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. I think there's a lot of research done on being outdoors. I mean, that vitamin D deficiency is, you know, a, a great way to live a miserable life. So, you know, being outdoors, getting sunshine, being in nature, I think it does a couple things for you. You know, one, and as I mentioned, it, it helps energize that vitamin D that our bodies need to thrive. But the other thing it does, I think, is it gives you this sense of gratitude that there is, you know, there's something bigger than us. There's something more beautiful than us. There's this opportunity to just be in this place that I don't think anybody really fully understands how it got here. And yeah, I, I do think, you know, I think if you look at traditional mental health care, 99% of it is done under fluorescent light in a shrink's office. And I just don't see what good comes out of that. And, you know, our philosophy is that, you know, most people that have quote unquote mental health issues have no issues. You're just dealing with the stresses of life and, and what a better place than to be outdoors than to reduce those stresses. It's great. You know, going along with, you said, going through this is just a way with dealing with life. And one thing that you mentioned in your book was the post-traumatic growth method. I was wondering if you could expand on that a little bit and let our listeners hear what that's all about. Yeah. Well, our programs like are based on the science of post-traumatic growth. The concept of post-traumatic growth, I think is as old as any organized religion, maybe even older. I always tell people if post-traumatic growth wasn't real, we'd have been, as humans, been extinct with the dinosaurs. You know, we as humans are capable of overcoming a lot. And, and at the highest level, the science of post-traumatic growth basically suggests that what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. And maybe not physically stronger, but mentally stronger and more mentally aware. Or it helps increase our wisdom. You know, we learn from these experiences. And then that's really what both post-traumatic growth suggests at the high level. In the early, late 80s, early 90s, two scientists at the University of North Carolina, Dr. Rich Tedeschi and Dr. Lawrence Calhoun, went on a journey to study wisdom, what actually made people smarter. And in that journey, where they started was with families who had, in fact, lost children with cancer. They were actually asked to sit in support groups where family members were there dealing with the grieving process of losing a child with cancer. And what they realized sitting, sitting and not talking, but just listening, what they realized was that these families had really a level of strength and wisdom that was, that was really different. And in 1995, after studying many other things, obviously it started with these families who had lost children with cancer, they coined this term post-traumatic growth. And what was coined, the term that was coined post-traumatic growth was really the study of an outcome of five things. That the people who had achieved post-traumatic growth, and maybe not in all five areas, but had between one and five of these areas really shown some signs of major growth. And that was the first one of those being new possibilities. 
And what new possibilities are is that when you're grieving and, and you're stressed out, that you can see beyond that current situation of maybe, you know, in, in the worst case, hopelessness. And how do you create hope in your life by seeing these new possibilities that are beyond where you're currently at, where you're currently stuck? The second element of post-traumatic growth, an outcome of post-traumatic growth, are forming deeper relationships. Remember, as humans, and we talk about this in our book, Struggle Well, you become the average of the three to five people you spend the most time with. So, you know, if you get captured in this like mental prison and you can't get out of that and you don't have good relationships in your life, it becomes very difficult to navigate to life. And that's how things like, you know, severe mental illness occur and homelessness and those types of things. So I think, you know, making sure that you have quality people surrounding you in these deep relationships and having a depth to them so that when you are struggling, you don't have to go every time to see a therapist or a shrink, that you have quality people in your network that you can turn to for help. The third thing is personal strength. And personal strength comes in a lot of forms. It comes in the form of physical strength, mental strength, mental toughness. But really this ability, personal strength really suggests that you have this ability to, in fact, overcome these obstacles in your life with little effort. And that's really what personal strength is all about. And how do you do that? How do you create that? Really, it comes through experience and training. And that's, that takes time. And then that's what the two doctors learned as they were observing these families. The fourth element and outcome of post-traumatic growth is a better appreciation for life. Often when we're struggling, it's hard to appreciate anything, right? It's like we become this victim and everything's piling up on us. There's a black cloud over our head. But the truth is that there is a lot to be grateful for in this world and in your life, no matter how bad things are. And when you start to find those things and you can be appreciative for even the smallest thing, it really can change your perspective and, and your attitude. And really, listen, at the end of the day, that's what life's all about, right? Is that the things that you can control are your effort and your attitude. And that is what really gives you this appreciation for life. And, and we do that through various gratitude exercises and those types of things. And finally, you know, the last thing, the last outcome and measurement of post-traumatic growth is spiritual and existential change. You know, have you really looked deeply in your life that there is something there bigger than you? And what is your purpose in life? You know, one of the one of my favorite books in the world was written by a, a Holocaust survivor by the name of Viktor Frankl, who was a psychiatrist called Man's Search for Meaning. And Frankl tells you that when you find your meaning, you can find this deeper portion of your life. And that's really what we see. And in, in, in a non-religious sense, too, if, if you are religious, then you'll obviously see increases in your religiosity. But really what we're looking for here is, we call it three things that make up our spirituality and that's character. Are you really the person? Do you have good morals and values and are you exercising those? Are you living a congruent life? Meaning that your thoughts, your feelings and your actions are all aligned positively. Your relationships, do you have the right people around you? And then thirdly, are you doing anything for others? You know, spiritually, you know, regardless of what religion you are, I think we can all agree that a couple thousand years ago, a really cool guy named Jesus walked around on the earth with a, a pretty simple message, which was treat people the way you wanted to be treated. And I think if we just got down to the basics of that, sometimes we could really make the world a better place. So 
those are the five major areas and outcomes that we measure when we talk about post-traumatic growth. Yeah, and it just goes to show you that although the healing process isn't easy and it could certainly take a long time to heal, there is definitely, at least through Boulder Crest, there are definitely many unique paths one can take to be fully healed in a sense. And so, yeah, that's just, it's really neat how the way you guys have these different programs and people can choose them based on whether it be their interests or what they feel is the right way to be healed. Yeah, no, I think Galen has a great point to make because I think one of the misconceptions in mental health care is that you can go to somebody and they can heal you. But the truth is, be aware, number one, be aware of anybody who calls himself a healer. The truth is simply this, is that the only person that can heal you is you. Now, other people can surely share experiences and provide guidance and those types of things to help you get better. You know, medications, you want to be really careful of those medications during grieving time and stressful times. Most mental health medications have horrible side effects. You know, if you have to get on them for a few months to kind of get your balance and get to a better place, those are the things to do. But, you know, if you've been on antidepressants and anti-anxiety medicines for years, there's a pretty good chance you're not going to get any better, right? You've kind of fallen into that situation where it just, it's hard. So, you know, I always tell people, be really careful because the grieving process is real. It takes a lot of time. Those memories never go away. And stress is real. I mean, stress is a killer, literally a killer. I mean, almost every disease in the world is, you know, somehow connected with, with stress. So, you know, we have to find a way as humans to really overcome that and work hard to get through it. And, and I tell everybody all the time, you know, life's not hard. It's just hard work. And, and if you get up in the morning, and you're prepared to go to work every day, you will overcome these and heal yourself. I really like that you said the only person who can heal you is yourself. But obviously at Boulder Crest, you guys have provided some great guidance and have shown to be a serious help for some people who have gone through the traumas of war. So I, I was just curious, in what ways does Boulder Crest help some of these warfighters struggle well with the transition back to civilian life? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great question. And, and, and like I said, I want to make, make, make sure you're really clear that you can't do this on your own. <laughs> And that's not what I mean by you're the only one that can heal yourself. You have to do the hard work. You, know, you can't take a pill. There's no magic hood they're going to put on your head and, you know, make your traumas and, and stress disappear. That's the work you have to do. Now, what you can get and what we do provide at Boulder Crest is this wisdom and experience from people who have been down this journey. And that's what I really love about the concept of post-traumatic growth. We tell people that the epitome of post-traumatic growth is when you've made it through your journey even though you may have other stressful journeys in the future, but you've made it through this journey and navigated it and you can turn around and help somebody else up. Just like you'd help somebody else, you know, if you climbed a mountain and you were at the top and they needed that extra hand up. It's just the same kind of concept. And that's really what we do at Boulder Crest. And we do it through a variety of programs. Our flagship program, we call it Warrior Path. Path stands for Progressive and Alternative Training for Healing Heroes. And the concept of Warrior Path is that we bring men and women into our programs that are combat veterans and first responders and teach them with expert guides, with professionals who understand this journey, teach them how to navigate 
the stresses of life and how to live a better life. We have a family version of that program called Family Path. We also focus on couples and spouses of first responders and military personnel. And then when one of our programs isn't being run at our retreats, we open up our retreat centers for what we call Family R&R which stands for rest and reconnection time. So think of them as kind of many vacations where families who are stressed out and struggling can come to Boulder Crest and maybe not go through one of our more challenging programs, but at least get a break and learn more about what we do. So in doing that, we, you know, we spend 365 days a year in both of our locations in Arizona and Virginia, helping somewhere in the neighborhood of about 1500 people at our sites And then we have some programs where we go out into the community and help. We've got a big program going on right now in Miami, Florida with the police department and fire department. But those types of programs, you know, I think by the end of the year, we'll serve somewhere in the neighborhood of five or 6,000 people a year with our philosophy of how to struggle well. At the beginning of chapter one in your book, Struggle Well, Thriving in the Aftermath of Trauma, you quote Joseph Campbell saying, Quote, by going down into the abyss, that we recover the treasures of life. End quote. How does this quote relate to Boulder Crest's mission? You know, Joseph Campbell's an amazing philosopher and writer. And the concept of that quote is simply this, is that when times get dark, which is what happens during very traumatic experiences, and we think everything's over, you know, it gives us this time, and this is what post-traumatic growth really suggests, is when these times are dark, take those times to really reflect and understand what's going on, and then come out of that experience stronger than you ever have. But if you don't go deep, and if you don't go into those dark places, you'll never kind of understand it. And if you can't make meaning out of trauma, it becomes very difficult to learn from it. So that's really what, you know, that quote kind of suggests. And what we do at Boulder Crest is we bring people in for these immersive experiences. So Warrior Path, although it's an 18-month program, seven days of it are done here at one of our facilities in a very intense military training style way. Almost think of it as kind of almost like a reverse boot camp that, you know, I always tell people that the military does a great job of making us soldiers and sailors and airmen and Marines, but they don't do a great job of making us civilians. So we give people this opportunity to really kind of think about what they need to work on to go into that dark place, to learn from that experience and to become a better version of themselves. And that's really what post-traumatic growth is all about is, can I become a better version of myself on the other side of this traumatic experience? Yeah, it also just goes to show you that even though It's not fun to go through or experience an uncomfortable situation. Oftentimes there are silver linings that you can pick up from the situation, then you can learn from it going forward. You know, Galen, you wouldn't, you wouldn't wish anything bad on anybody, Mm -hmm. but I, I will tell you, you know, I'm almost 60 years old and I will tell you, but I've had beside my own personal stresses of life, you know, losing a mom. I talk about a lot of these things in my book, losing a mom at, at eight years old as a child, seven years old, getting busted up really bad in the military in a parachuting accident, growing up with a grandfather who was very abusive to his family. You know, those types of things 
you wouldn't wish any of that on anybody. But what I know today is that anybody that you talk to who seems to have kind of lived, you know, Maslow's hierarchy, you know, theory and, and, and achieved self-actualization, achieved, let's just say for argument's sake, I, I don't really love the word, but achieve success in their lives. And you can measure that however you want to. I, I simply measure success as doing better today than I did yesterday. You know, that every day in life, you want to get a little bit better and uh, a little bit smarter. And that's really what the, the journey of life's about to me. But that we have this opportunity to talk about our failures. And it, it's, it's amazing. I, you know, recently, I'm sure a lot of people have watched the Michael Jordan documentary, but everybody who, who I know who's successful talks about their failures. And the people that don't talk about their failures, you know, I don't know if they're hiding it or what it is, but I, I just think it's so important to share this and to be able to understand that nobody's perfect. You know, most of these things that get deemed as mental health problems aren't problems. You know, I always tell people, be careful of diagnosis, right? Labels are very heavy to carry. So just be careful of what you take on and and know that you can be very successful in the aftermath of trauma if you do the right things. And that's kind of what we talked about with post-traumatic growth. Yeah, it sounds like you have had a really unique upbringing and life. And it sounds like it has transferred a lot to Bouldercrest. So I was wondering, in your experiences and those that you work with, in your opinion, why is Bouldercrest the premier program and what separates it from other programs around the country that serve our warfighters? You know, premier is a funny word. Everybody, I think everybody that's in the business of helping people thinks that their programs are the best. I think I'd be a fool to say that I don't feel that way about our program. But what I will say is that there are a lot of great things that are going on in the country to help people who are suffering with trauma. There's also a lot of bad stuff going on. And I think you know, a couple of things that make Boulder Crest stand out. One is we're 100% privately funded. We don't take any money from anybody who ties our hands. You know, a lot of people that are reimbursed by insurance companies and things like that are basically stuck with protocols that they have to deliver to get their insurance payments. So not having those handcuffs on to me has been a, a blessing. I think we've created a team at Boulder Crest that really is innovative, that is always thinking of better ways and ways to be better. And we've put together a scientific advisory panel with some of the nation's top psychiatrists and psychologists and social workers who know that the system's broken and are willing to look for better ways and not get wrapped up in these quote unquote approved gold standard methods. That's the first thing. The second thing is, as we talked about, these two places where we work are beautiful. <laughs> you know, 130 acres in Southern Arizona and 37 and a half acres here in Bluemont, Virginia. But it's beautiful. I mean, just coming here kind of starts that healing process right away because you get to this place where you're going, wow, this is cool. And it opens you up to the next things that have to happen. So, and that doesn't always happen. You know, sometimes you walk into a doctor's office and I know for me personally, and I've never been in a shrink's office, but just, you know, regular medical doctor's office, my blood pressure goes up. I've got a little bit of that kind of white coat fear 
but it's just not the same when you walk into, you know, an office with fluorescent lights that you're going to get that same level of, of safety and, and trust that these relationships are built upon. So the third thing is that all of our people that work at our retreats are also combat veterans. And not everybody. We have some people that do fundraising jobs and facilities jobs that aren't combat veterans. But the people that deliver our programs are all combat veterans and first responders. And they've been there and done it. And it instantly takes that kind of chest beating stuff and the get to know you time off the table when you can talk to somebody who gets it. And I think that that's really cool. When we did a scientific study on our program, the doctors who did the study, I asked them the same exact question and they came back and called it the four P's. They said it was the program, the place, the philosophy, and the people. And I think that's really what we're talking about is that you have great programs that have had a lot of scientific research done on them. You have these beautiful places. You have a philosophy that's thinking, quote unquote, outside of the box. You know, I hate that term, but, you know, just differently thinking about how, if something's not working, how we can make it better. And then you got these beautiful places that really set the stage for a healing process. On September 18th, our foundation will be hosting its second annual Walk for Valor to bring awareness to veteran suicide in our communities. So Ken, in a few words, how can events like this, along with the retreats that Boulder Crest runs in both Virginia and Arizona, be beneficial to veterans when it comes to healing? Well, you know, first of all, I'll say thank you both for doing this. The awareness that these types of events bring is really needed. I mean, I think we all work in this kind of area where we understand that this is a problem. Suicide is the only cause of death in the United States, other than COVID right now, that's on the rise, right? We have 125 Americans a day take their lives, and 20 plus of those 125 are military and veteran personnel. Cops and firefighters died by suicide last year than in the line of duty. Not every American knows that. And the way to get people to understand that is to do the things that you do, right? These advocacy awareness walks and hikes and all the things that kind of go on. But I think we got a lot of work to do to continue to educate the American population because the truth is most suicide prevention programs don't work. What works is great human connection. And when people understand that people are suffering and what suffering really looks like, then you can be of help. You can be that friend who's there for that person who is thinking that suicide is an option. So yeah, keep up the great work. And you know we need people to understand this problem. It's one thing to understand the solution, which is where I spend a lot of my time working, but people need to understand the problems and know that there are better solutions out there than the existing status quo. Yeah, of course. And it just goes to show you how just having a conversation or just having frequent communication with another person can go a long way in the healing process. Absolutely. Ken, thank you so, so much for joining us today on the American Valor podcast. It was great getting to meet you and speak with you today. And thank you for all the wonderful work that you and the others at Boulder Crest are doing to help heal our warfighters. 
Well, thank you both, too, for raising the awareness and keep up the great work. And hopefully our paths will continue to cross and we can do some great things together. To our listeners, this conversation with Ken Falk concludes this episode of the American Valor podcast. To register for the Walk for Valor and Run for Life events in Calverton, New York, or Patton, Maine, or make a donation to this important cause, please visit our website at activevalorward.org and click on the event banner. This conversation was brought to you by the Bob Feller Active Valor Award Foundation, the Department of the Navy, Major League Baseball, USAA, BWXT, Huntington Ingalls, and the Cleveland Indians. Please leave your comments in the comment section below and connect with the Bob Feller Active Valor Award Foundation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Active Valor Award. You can engage with the foundation at activevalorward.org. There, you can learn more about Bob Feller, Jerry Coleman, recent nominees of the awards, view pictures, and sign up for updates, including the American Valor podcast, and more. For Blake Schmida and everyone here at the American Valor podcast, I'm Galen O'Dell. Thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time.